doctors that may arcade and the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Number four, we're, we're still, still waiting for. Bring on the Out on the field, a mile high. Broncos win, it's our time. Couple with the break, crew and a friend bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDN, we are, we are DDN, we are. Zach, I think that song is uh, too good for the Broncos. <laughs> it's a jam, and uh, I don't think we saw any jamming going out there, even with 5,700 fans. Oh, man. Look, I've got a couple takeaways here. I'll just start with this. Like, if you're trying to make, you know, broad spectrum 30,000 view, foot view takes about the Broncos based on this game, uh, it's a fool's errand. Um, you cannot really, in my opinion, you cannot glean anything meaningful about the, the outlook for the Broncos about what we just saw. So I'll start there. With that being said, I am really, really disappointed in the energy from the Denver Broncos today. I thought they came out flat. The defense was flat. The offense was flat. You know, the defense is out there making plays and, like, not celebrating. No one's, like, patting each other on the back. No one's happy for each other. It, it, I mean, they looked like a team that was dead in the water. And, Zach, it is week three, a week where, you know, if you just, do, if you just pull one out of you-know-where – then you're right back in this thing. And the Broncos looked like a team to me that was like two and 13 playing in week 17. And, and that is gross to me. It, it is gross. And Ryan, I tweeted right before the game, the Broncos have a chance to in 100 hours from now, they have a chance to be two and two going into a long week to get a lot of players back, including potentially Drew Lockby riding a two game win streak and then, then we're just talking about week five. Nothing else. It's not tank for Trevor. Those are thrown out the window. Two-game win streak. That's the way the Broncos should have approached this game. I know they were without Cortland Sutton, Vaughn Miller, all these guys. But you know what? That's, 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 that's how it was. That was the reality of what the Broncos were playing with, with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback. They're playing at home for the first time without fans. And you're 100% right. They just did not come out. No part of this this team wanted a win, including special teams, with that miscue to start the game for them. And the one play that really sticks out to me that just wraps this all in a bubble, Ryan, is the Tampa Bay Bucks near the end of the second or first half are going down the field. They're already in the Broncos' red zone. They have a third and one handed off to, I believe, Leonard Fournette. They pick up the first down easily, like on a two-yard run. But then... Tampa Bay just pushes Leonard Fournette, whoever that running back was, eight more yards. And to me, when I saw that, I said this team, this this game is over. Uh, Broncos aren't coming back like they did last week because if the defense wasn't fired up and ready to go like they were last week, like they were against Tennessee, then this team had absolutely no shot. When I saw that, I was just so disappointed because, man, what, what are you supposed to do with a backup quarterback and really no one out there playing hard. Yeah, uh, from a coaching perspective, from a Vic Fangio perspective, I could excuse just about any result 
in this game. I could excuse the Broncos getting blown out. I could, I could excuse the offense having nothing. I can excuse a lot of different things based on the, the situation that they're dealing with. I cannot excuse a flat football team. I'm sorry. I just can't. It, it just, that, that does not sit well with me uh, that this team came out in a home game uh, and it looked like a, a training camp practice with no music. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, as a coach, can you allow that? Um, and, uh, you know, if Drew Locke was a starting quarterback, I'd put some of it on Drew. But he's not. Drew Locke isn't the quarterback. And I'm not going to look to Jeff Driscoll to rile the team up uh, because he's just trying to make sure that, you know, he doesn't get broken in half out there. So I'm very disappointed uh, in Vic Fangio and the rest of the coaching staff today for – allowing this team to come out flat because it was a it was a widespread issue uh for my for my seat and it's unacceptable oh ryan he had his mask on the whole time so baby steps right there uh it 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 is totally unacceptable and uh, you mentioned jeff driscoll we need to talk about him because you may have to straighten me out here ryan jeff driscoll was not good he was not awful terrible the reason the broncos lost the reason the broncos put up 10 points the offense was terrible not jeff driscoll jeff driscoll's a part of that but the offensive line i went through all five guys all of them were bad and ryan you and i were saying okay we know that two pieces on the offensive line aren't going to be very good throughout the season you have two great players in reisner uh and Glasgow you can depend on. And Cushenberry, he's going to be up and down because he's a talented rookie. I think that's how we viewed this offensive line for this season. All five of them were bad. Of course, you have Garrett Bowles with the holding. You have Elijah, w- Elijah Wilkinson uh, with the holding. Both of them gave up sacks. And then in the middle, Graham Glasgow was terrible. Reisner gave up a sack. Cushenberry, for a second week in a row, was bullied in the interior of the offensive line. So the offensive line was really bad. Melvin Gordon... It didn't really look like he was getting many holes. I mean, he may be the best player on offense, and he wasn't great. He didn't do anything special like we said he needed to. And then the wide receivers or the wide receiving core didn't do anything special either. Um, Fant had some big drops. Judy, he he was fine, but he didn't make any big-time plays. It was disappointing on every single level, including the quarterback play. But let's not put this all on Jeff Driscoll and say, ah, if Blake Bortles comes in next game and starts, or if Brett Rippon starts from the beginning, hey, we got a 28 points offense there. Yeah, no, you cannot look to Jeff Driscoll and say he's, you know, the sole reason why the team lost this game. First of all, that's not how it works when your backup quarterback goes out there. Right. The way it works is everyone else has to pick up their crap and figure it out to give him a chance. It's not his job to give you a chance. When your starting quarterback is out there, it's his job to give you a chance to win the game. When Jeff Driscoll starts the game, it's on the other side, man. And I told you before the game, if the Broncos are going to have a chance, the defense cannot give up more than 17 points. Well, they gave up 28. They gave up 17 in the first uh, you know, 20 minutes of the game. And that was the case. You know, if the, if the defense holds up their end of the bargain, which I understand is a difficult bargain to hold, you know, Tom Brady and all those weapons to 17 points. But if they hold them to that, to that, then this is a game. As soon as I saw that this defense wasn't getting third down stops, they weren't getting pressure on Tom Brady. The game was over. So you can look uh, 
to the offensive line. Um, but to me, the problem with the with the pressure on the quarterback is threefold. One, it's on the offensive line for just not doing a better job at their job. Two, it's on Jeff Driscoll for not being able to check anything. Uh, like, you know, there's there's a play where they're trying to go play action, and I think they had Noah Fant lined up wide, and he's going to run a little, you know, a post or a slant. Uh, they were going to go play action, quick game to him. And you can see the nickel creeping in and creeping in and creeping in, and Jeff Driscoll just ignores it. The offensive line doesn't touch the guy. He gets a, a square hit that almost ends up in an interception. And it's just like, dude, you ca- you got to open your eyes out there and, <laughs> and, and figure something out, identify what's coming, and check away from it. The other person is Pat Shermer. I mean, what are you doing, man? Like, how how do you continue to call these long developing plays when you're when your quarterback can't be protected for more than a second and a half? You got to call some quick game. You got to call some screens, not but not bubble screens and tunnel screens. I'm talking about running back screens. You got to call you know the the little drag to Jerry Judy, which actually worked once and it was open another time, but uh, it was missed by Driscoll. Come on, like there you. You know what the other team is doing. They're doing it over and over and over again. You gotta you gotta change your game plan entirely. And I actually think they did when they brought in Brett Rippon, and that's why it looks so much better than what than what you saw with Driscoll for most of the game. And if Driscoll can't do that, what you're asking him to do, uh, then put Brett Rippon in, in the second quarter if you were going to make that exchange. So if that's all on Brett or if that's all on Jeff, then eventually it does fall to the coaching staff for not making changes. And you're right, Ryan, the play calling did no one any favors today. What happened, Vic? You said earlier in the week that this offense was very capable of, of doing RPOs uh, and read options. I didn't see one. one of those one. in this Zero. game. And the Broncos' first first down of the game came off Jeff, Jeff Driscoll's legs. Why not do it again? That worked. About nothing else worked, especially in the first three possessions. You had uh, in the second and third possession, I think you combined for one total yard zero first downs the very first possession of the game you got one first down from Jeff Driscoll running so why not do that again uh I think that's just too hard and Ryan during this game I just kept thinking over and over to myself that maybe maybe the Broncos honestly just need to take a step back go to the drawing board start with the basics because they may be way overthinking everything right now because what I saw from Jeff Driscoll out there was stuff that continued to not work and they kept calling the same plays you're going to lose to any team if you do that so on every single level this was a terrible output by the offense and now ryan you enter a short week where you play the jets who looked worse than you today they look terrible maybe as bad as you and uh, vic fangio coming out about five minutes ago saying they're not sure who their quarterback is. They'll make a decision soon. That, to me, tells me that a change could very well be on the way. Uh, I didn't think Jeff Driscoll – I thought if Jeff Driscoll played as bad as I could imagine, which is probably even worse than he played today, I still didn't think they could make a quarterback change this week because you're going on the road. Uh, you, you're going across town on a short week. I didn't think a, a change of quarterback could be made. And it appears that they may be making one. Yeah. Uh, um, 
Zach, I have a, a lot of takes on everything you just said. First of all, uh, the fact that we're already talking about another starting quarterback. <laughs> like, we're, we don't know who the starting quarterback is. That's comical to me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so let's start here with Brett Rippon, um, who did something in this game that I, 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 you know, I might be being too harsh here on Jeff Driscoll. I don't think I saw Jeff Driscoll do this once. Brett Rippon was in the shotgun. He surveyed the defense. He saw what they were doing. He went up. He checked the protection. I like. I. 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 I'm not joking, Zach. It's the one time all game I got out of my seat. <laughs> I was like, "Let's go!" That's how you play quarterback. A check at the offensive yeah. line is what got you out of your seat. That got me fired up, Zach, because this is that is not. Uh, this team cannot survive without that. Uh, Matt McChesney did, you know, a breakdown of four different plays last week where they did not check the protection. One of them was Drew Locke, and he got hurt on it. Uh, they did not check the protection properly, and it resulted in bad things for the Broncos. Uh, Brett, you know, a lot of people don't know this. Drew Locke will tell you he learned, and this might be overstating it a little bit, but I, for lack of a better way of saying this, he learned as much from Brett Rippon as he did uh, from Rich Gangarello and T.C. McCartney next, last year. Not to take away from what those guys did, Drew and, and and Brett just had a really good connection, and he really understood things the way that Brett was seeing it through his eyes. Brett Rippon is an extremely successful college quarterback who was fantastic at Boise State, won a ton of games. He gets the quarterback position. He's just physically limited. It's the reason why he's not you know a starting quarterback for someone some right somewhere right now. I feel you, Brett. But with that in mind, I think this team, if they, if I'm not kidding, if they want to beat, if they want to have a chance of beating the Jets, they need to start Brett Rippon. Because with Jeff Driscoll on the field, beating the Broncos is extremely easy. I told you this was going to happen before the week, Zach. They, they packed the box and we set the over under at 50 rushing yards for Melvin Gordon. I told you he was going under. He had eight carries for 26 yards. There's nothing you can do when the, when the defense is saying, like, we are not going to let you run the ball. Do whatever the hell else you want. And because when they say we're not going to let you run the ball, it also means if you decide to throw the ball, well, we're going to have pressure in your face left and right. And that's exactly what the Bucks had this entire game. It was so easy to stop this Broncos offense. And you're right, Ryan, there is no reason that a professional NFL coach, uh, no matter if they're coaching for uh, an undefeated team or they're coaching for the 0-3 Jets, should look at what Tampa Bay did and say, if Jeff Driscoll's starting, uh, we are blitzing every single time. And that's kind of when it maybe seemed like the Broncos were getting back into it at times is when Tampa Bay said, you know what, we're going to try something else. Just bring four guys and then the Broncos were able to move the ball. Right when Tampa Bay said, okay, no, we're done with this. We're bringing pressure. It was over. It, it was game over. And that's on everyone. It's on the quarterback. It's on the play caller. And it's, of course, still on the offensive line for just doing absolutely nothing against that. Uh, man, again, I thought that there should be no change at quarterback, no matter what happened in, in this game. But it was worse than I could have thought. I think you got to make a change in 100 hours. You're starting another game. <laughs> the clock's ticking. Yeah. I mean, look, here's, here's where I come from on starting Brett Rippon. And don't let's not forget. There's another person in this mix, which uh, is of course, Blake Bortles. I almost called him Blaine Gabbert. What's the difference? <laughs> um, 
I I think that your only chance of success on offense is quick game passing. And it's clear that Jeff Driscoll is just not cut out for quick game passing. Um, you can even just tell by the way that he throws the ball versus the way that Brett Rippon throws the ball. You know, Brett Brett has a quick release. He sees the field pretty clearly, and he's just like he's just trying to get it to the first person that's open. He doesn't necessarily have a big enough arm to try and you know uncork it deep down the field. And I think if you're going to beat the Jets, it's going to have to be with just paper cuts, slowly but surely, just chopping your way down the field. Um, so, look, if they start Jeff Driscoll, like the Jets are the laughing stock of the NFL right now. Yeah. All eyes are on them. In the same way that East Coast bias, you know, can sometimes allow you to not get credit when you're good. Right. It's also, uh, you know, say, like no one's noticed how bad the Broncos look right now because there's too focused on the Jets and the Giants and all these other places. If the Broncos go on Thursday night football with Jeff Driscoll, they will get beat and they will become the laughing stock of the NFL. Ryan, we said we said earlier this week, who's the worst team in the NFL? And we all said the Jets. And now you have a tough task. And we knew it was going to be a tough task, no matter who was at quarterback, because a short week, you're going on the road. And now it's made even more difficult by likely a quarterback change coming. And Ryan, if there is no quarterback change, how bad is that still? I mean, you bench the guy just to bring him back. And, and you talk about Brett Rippon having that quick release, be, being able to kind of pick a defense apart as he goes down the field. I mean, that's what Tom Brady did to the Broncos today. They really, they tried a couple shots. They hit one to Scotty Miller. Uh, but yeah, but besides that, that's not how they beat the Broncos. It was just slicing and dicing. And you can absolutely do that. Tom Brady's done that throughout most of his career, in fact. So you can do that. And look at the eight passes that Brett Rippon was successful in today, they were pretty much all short guys, and they moved down the field quick. It's not like it takes forever to score in that. The one time he tried to go deep, uh, it turned out to be a pick. Ball well, still he didn't get the long pass to Jerry Judy. That's true. That that's true. Yards. But but maybe you say Brett, you're not throwing the ball more than twelve yards downfield. Keep it as simple as that. And on the flip side, I mean, you talk about Brett having this quick release and and just sharp. If you start Blake Bortles this week, he has the opposite of a quick release. And Ryan, this may be the most damning thing that I've seen happen since Peyton Manning left at the Broncos quarterback position. If you start Blake Bortles, he will be starting a game one week after he had his very first practice with the team. That is unthinkable. That yeah. That is so crazy. And it very well could go that way because John Elway told Broncos.com on Friday that they signed Blake Bortles, that in case anything happened to Jeff Driscoll, they had someone with starting experience that was ready to step up. He he didn't point to the quarterback that's been uh, on this roster for over a year now and Brett Rippon. He he jumped straight to Blake Bortles. Now, maybe he forgot about Brett Rippon, which isn't good either. But to me, that says if there's a new starting quarterback, the guy that calls the shots in this building has pretty much already said it's going to be Blake Bortles. You know, when I think about why the Broncos came out flat today, a part of me thinks like they watched Jeff Driscoll in practice all week. Uh, and we've seen Jeff Driscoll in practice. It's it's not any better than it, and it looked out on the field today. And I'm not trying to pile on Jeff Driscoll, but that's true. I, you know, you look at some of the body languages. Um, remember Noah Fant's open on an over route 
and Jeff Driscoll just airmails him. And yeah. I just looked at the look in, in Noah Fant's, on Noah Fant's face, and it was just like, oh, my God, man. Like, I was wide open, you know? Um, and, and so I think that might be one of the reasons why Vic Fangio was saying they don't know who their starting quarterback is yet because I, I think there's a little, there's like a little bit of momentum there with Jeff or with Brett Rippon. And I know, you know, you said when he tried to push it down the field is when he threw the interception. I just think that it was fourth down. He knew he had to do something. So he just let it fly. Um, it's better than, you know, uh, taking a sack, uh, looking at you, Jeff Driscoll last week. So I think that he was just trying to make a play there. I think that they, they maybe think they can capture a little bit more excitement with Brett Rippon. I know that Brett Rippon's a good practice player. I know that he can make the reads. I know that, you know, he's he's kind of what you're looking for in a backup quarterback to just do the easy stuff well. I don't know. I think that might – I think that – I truly believe they have a better chance of winning on Thursday Night Football with Brett Rippon than they do with Jeff Driscoll. I think so too, and I also think they have a better chance of winning with Brett Rippon over Blake Bortles. I don't think that's what happens. My guess right now is that it is Blake Bortles starting at quarterback for the Denver right. Broncos on Thursday night. And I just, I just can't believe I'm saying it. And here's another thing, just why you shouldn't do that and why it is so damning is he would get a total of one practice with the first team offense. That would be on Tuesday. The team does not practice tomorrow and they'll have like a walkthrough on Wednesday. So one and a half practices. That Tuesday practice is not going to be a full practice either. So Blake Bortles, if he starts for the Broncos on Thursday, will have zero full practices before going out and starting a game for the Broncos team. I don't think that's happening. (laughs) There's no way that happens. I can't because of just how crazy and bad that situation is. Yeah, I don't think that happens. But I I mean, it's just crazy, the carousel. Uh, you know, we're in week three, Zach, and you've already seen three quarterbacks under center for the Denver Broncos this season. How crazy is that? That how many, I don't know how many years in a row that is now, but it happened last year. You had Joe Flacco, Brandon Allen, Drew Locke. The year before that, you had Case Keenum. Did he start? I think he, he played through the whole season. He did. He did. Okay. And then the year, year before be- that, you had Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, was there another one in there? Paxton. And Paxton. Yeah. Sheesh. Wow. So that is three out of four years you've had three quarterbacks start. Yeah. Three different quarterbacks play. Holy smokes. That right there, that's all you need to know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on Vic Fangio, we haven't talked enough, in my opinion, about the defense. Um, this defense is not good on third downs. And that is very bad. Very bad. Very very bad. And it doesn't seem like the defense really does anything to throw a team off, starting with scheme. Uh, And then the the players aren't aren't able to do anything either. I mean, it just seems like Tom is able to just pick this team apart. And you got to be throwing some different looks at him. He's Tom Brady, right? I mean, if you're going to do that, you just know that you're going to be beat. And then obviously you just have no uh, no execution by the, by the, uh, by the defense and Ryan, you have what two sacks on the game. Neither of them felt very meaningful and you have zero turnovers. This defense is supposed to be elite. Now I will give them a break because they don't have Von Miller. I will give them a break because they don't have AJ Boye. but you still got to do something. You still got to be a top 10 defense 
with what you have out there and with Vic Fangio being the head coach of this team. You got to be a top 10 defense. The top 10 defense is at least one turnover. I mean, and, and the Broncos aren't doing that. There's absolutely no plays to be made. And, and Ryan, plays that are made are sacks. They're turnovers. They're stopping a team on third down. And you just don't see that at all from this team. No, you don't. And it's bad, man. I mean, Vic Fangio was brought here for one reason. I mean, really, just one reason. Make the defense great. You know, make this defense elite is honestly what they wanted. Um, They wanted that defense that, you know, he had in Chicago uh, that last year when they were just absolutely dominant. And the Broncos haven't even sniffed that. Like, I don't even know if they've had a dominant – I mean, I guess you – you had the shutout of the Titans last year, the Marcus Mariota Titans. Um, right. That was a dominant performance. They've had a couple of, like this team, this defense, they don't smother. They don't create pressure easily. Uh, they don't create turnovers. It just feels like they just, you know, they want to bend, don't break at all times. And I, that's not elite. It's not even close. No, it, it, it's not. It's not at all. And, uh, Ryan, I, I guess it's time to throw some positivity in here and give our draft, DraftKings Sportsbook king of the game because there was one bright spot to me on the defensive side of the ball, Ryan, and that was Shelby Harris. We've talked about guys, or we talked about how this team didn't play with heart. There was one guy to me that came out today and had heart and, and just played like his hair was on fire, and that was Shelby Harris. Two sacks, the only sacks on Tom Brady, the only plays to be made on Tom Brady, two tackles for a loss, four quarterback hits, a couple batted balls at the line of scrimmage. Shelby Harris was really the only guy that I look at in this game and say he had a good game. Yeah, and the one thing that's not on the graphic here is two pass breakups, which, you know, is the Shelby Harris special. (laughs) Um, He had a fantastic game. It's, you know, he deserves all the credit in the world. He He did look like he had some energy out there um he looked excited he looked like he was having fun and it was you know it was about it was him endless the weird thing is like do you remember alexander johnson making a play in this game no how does that happen he's supposed to be the energy guy of the defense right yeah he, he was yep. nowhere and no and and in fact the one play that i'm thinking of with with alexander johnson is a play where was it Ojemudia? Chris Godwin, I think, caught the ball, went down to the ground, and then he gets up, and you have Ojemudia, I believe, and Alexander Johnson right there. They're not touching him. And, Ryan, that's just another example of just not really having any heart in this game. you got to touch a guy. Come on. It just seemed like the defense, not only did they not have energy, they just weren't checked into the game. I mean, did they view this game kind of the way I viewed it? They viewed it as – it was it was Jeff Driscoll going up against Tom Brady. Who would who would give anyone a chance there? And to me, it seems like the Broncos played that way. Yeah, it's just shocking to me. I don't I, I don't know how a football team you get sixteen cracks at this. How do you come out flat? I just I don't know. But anyways, credit to Shelby Harris, the DraftKings king of the game, and shout out to DraftKings. When you go to DraftKings Sportsbook, use that code DNVR to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. It's a, it's a hell of a deal, and you'll have a hell of a time playing on DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay, 
Is there anyone else that you think deserves? I, I'm not giving out helmet stickers. Uh, <laughs> a, a pat on the back? No, no. And you, you can't start with any of the units. So you can't start with the coaches. You can't start with defense, offense, or special teams. I mean, what what a way to open up the game for the Broncos just with a safety. Hey, the Broncos had – no, I guess that wasn't a safety. The Broncos had a safety and a punt, a blocked punt. Ugh. I don't. That's I don't know. Football teams. (laughs) Yes, and your quarterback gets sacked tons of times. You don't get sacks. I mean, (laughs) if we're gonna do this, we can give it to a former Bronco, Shaq Barrett. He he came out and had the game that you would write in a story, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, he was awesome. Um, I I mean, look, I love Shaq. I know Shaq the person, so I'm not gonna like, you know, say he 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 did, but. He definitely – it's not Bradley Chubb's fault that he's not a Bronco, you know, because he, he mocked Bradley. <laughs> and it's like, what? why are you going after Bradley? Do something towards John Elway, you know? <laughs> like, Bradley just got drafted and showed up and, you know, is, is doing his best. But it's not – why are you going after him? My guess is that was his way of saying you made the wrong – you picked the wrong guy. I can do right. that dance too, but <laughs> – yeah, that was pretty savage by by Shaq, of course, coming in here wearing number fifty eight uh, after Von Miller. Yeah, man, this this defense misses Von Miller. Uh, again, I just don't, I don't know if, if even Von would have let that happen today with the energy. How does a defense not have energy? Like, I, I can't get past this. That's like the first. That's the first step of going on the field when you're a defense. Ryan, I kid you not. You asked the question: Did anyone stand out? Chicolo. May have been that guy that stuck out before, of course, he got hurt. The only, you know, one of the only bright spots on the team gets hurt, of course. That's why 2020 will go for the Broncos. I, we, we haven't seen him in person because, you know, with, with COVID, we're yeah. not really allowed to. When they showed a dude with long hair sticking out, yeah, I squeegeed the eyes a little bit and said, was he wearing orange or was he wearing that, that putrid on the other side? And, <laughs> um, and uh yeah wow welcome to the team 91 yeah welcome back jordan taylor sunshine <laughs> um I, I, yeah i i everyone in broncos country said who the hell is that when that happened <laughs> i know it for a fact yep uh and yeah good for him he made a nice play i will say uh i thought jerry judy had a nice game um he you don't know how impactful he could have been if there was um, you know, protection and a, and a decent quarterback back there. But he converted all of his catches. He made some tough contested catches. I know he was open on more uh, times than he got the ball. And it feels like, you know, right now, which this is fine, you know, for what for what he is as a player, for being a rookie in his third game, it feels like he just prints out five catches for 55 yards every week. Like, you know, yeah. and you, you obviously want much more from that, from him in the future. But 55 yards a week will get you damn near a thousand yards on the season. Yeah. So yeah. he's been consistent. I think so far aside from the drops, which he did not have any today. I thought it was, a, it was a, a performance that he can continue to build upon. Yeah, exactly. And th- this is a performance that will go underlooked. So I'm happy that you pointed it out, Ryan, but he led the team in catches with five. He led the team in yards with 55 and you're right. If this is the best game Jerry Judy's going to have, well, that's bad. Well, this is this is uh, not the best game that he's going to have. This is kind of just 
the the average that he's going to have, kind of the the worst. It, you, you can count on him for five for fifty. And when he does that, when a quarterback is changed throughout the game, when nothing's going right, you are encouraged with where this went. And the no drops thing, I think, is huge. And not for anyone else, but just for him to say, okay, I finally calmed down. I let the ball come to me and, and good things happen. He's he, you got to continue to count on him to be the Broncos number one receiver. And that's no matter what quarterback is playing and Pat Shermer calling the plays, you got to start off by just getting him the ball quick. It's got to be the Judy and Fant show. I know Fant had drops today, but Ryan, if you want to beat any team, your playmakers are going to have to make plays and that's Judy and Fant. Tim Patrick, good job on the touchdown. It was a nice route. Tim Patrick's not winning the Broncos any games. And if you're starting Blake Bortles, Brett Rippon, Jeff Driscoll, I don't care who it is until Drew Locke is back, you got to get the ball to those two playmakers. Yeah, and KJ Hamler as well, uh, not nearly as impactful today. I think he did have a drop. Um, but you you got to get you have to get the ball, them the ball before you're on your butt, you know? Uh, and, and that's really what this comes down to. And I think Brett Rippon has the ability to do that. If there's one thing Jerry Judy does really well, it's get open. If there's one thing Brett Rippon I think we lost Ryan there for a second, but yeah, it, it's exactly right. You, you've got to get the ball out quick to Jerry Judy, to KJ Hamler. Ryan, oh my gosh, you know, we, we see one time where Judy goes in motion um, and, uh, you know, Jeff Driscoll was screaming at Judy to go in motion. And then once he finally got him in motion, there was just no way that he was going to get on the ball. I think there needs to be so many more design plays to Judy, to Fant, to Hamler, regardless of who the quarterback is, because what you need to do is just get the ball out quick. You know, maybe have one read on a play, or you have two reads. The first read is to either Fant, Judy, uh, Melvin Gordon out of the backfield, or Hamler. The second read is just an easy dump down to someone else and then run and take off. And if it's Driscoll, I mean, that would have been in the, my playbook this week. And clearly that wasn't in their playbook. So if it's Bortles or Rippon, I just don't see quarterback runs being in their playbook. Ryan, we got you. Uh, you got me? Yeah, we got you. We got it. We got it. You're, uh, you're a little quiet, though. Okay, give me a sec here. While we're working on my audio, let's bring in Andrew Mason. Uh, I got Mace, good to see you, my guy. How are you? Oh, we can't hear Mace. Oh, uh, I'm doing better oh, than the Broncos right now. I mean, it's... Oh, okay. Hi. Okay, you got me now? So I guess gotcha. a commercial. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? All right. Well, I mean, you guys you guys offense? saw it on television, of course. Now we can hear you. Yeah, it's it, it's as the connection maybe is as shaky as the Broncos offense and has about the same ability to uh, uh to succeed as uh, Jeff Driscoll does in, in terms of identifying pre-snap blitzes. I mean, if, if, if we learn anything today, I mean, you guys have probably gone over this. I think it's just too big for Jeff Driscoll. It's, it's just too big for him. He, and the, the fact that you could put Brett Rippon out there and he could do a lot better job of identifying pre-snap uh, blitzes, getting everybody set up than, than Jeff Driscoll could. And Driscoll's guy has been in the league for four years. It just tells you, you put your faith in the wrong guy when you sign him to be your backup. Yeah, I think it's very clear that Jeff Driscoll is just certainly not the guy. But Mace, Brian and I talked about this a little bit earlier in the show. What do you do? Do you, do you start Jeff Driscoll mm -hmm. against uh, the, the Jets on Thursday? That doesn't necessarily seem like a great idea. Do you start Brett Rippon 
against uh, the Jets. That may be the best thing for them to do, but maybe the least likely mm-hmm. for the Broncos to do. Or do you mm-hmm. start Blake Bortles, who would be starting one week after making his first practice with the Broncos? Yeah, I doubt you start Blake Bortles because he's just not ready in terms of learning the offense. Realistically, for Blake Bortles starting him, you'd probably be talking about the Patriots game. Personally, I would go with uh, with Brett Rippon just to just to see what he's got, just to just to use the game to find out and say, okay, yeah, it wasn't all good on that last drive, and the Bucks were playing were playing back at times on that drive because they were playing with an eighteen point lead. But just to see to see what he has, I think. Part of it is you've seen Driscoll over the last few years as well. I I thought Ripping showed enough to at least get a look. And I know this could create the crazy scenario of literally starting four different quarterbacks in four games. But at this point, at this point, what were you clinging to? Because the Jets, even though they don't have the same level of pass rushers that the Bucs do, they're going to attack Jeff Driscoll and they're going to try to confuse him with with pre-snap looks, with with corner blitz looks. They're going to try to confuse him just like the the Bucks did if Driscoll is out there on thir- on Thursday night and the fact that Vic Fangio cited the inability to get the offense in the right protections when he talked about putting Brett Rippon in I think said an awful lot about how he felt about Jeff Driscoll today. It's very simple to me. Do you guys have me now? Are we good? We got you. Okay. Uh, it's very simple to me. A couple, yeah, I got you. We got you. Two different hypotheticals for you. One. Um, who would you rather prepare for if you're the Jets defense? Would you rather prepare for Jeff Driscoll or would you rather prepare for Brett Rippon? It's easy. You'd rather prepare for Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, you've got film on you got a lot of film on Jeff Driscoll. You've got one series on Brett Rippon of film. One series. Yeah, so that's obvious. And we always say do Driscoll, you've got three years of film. Do what your opponent doesn't want you to do. Mm -hmm. Do what your opponent doesn't want you to do. And here's the other thing that scares me. Who would you rather prepare for right now? Jeff Driscoll or Sam Darnold? Wait, what? You'd rather prepare for for Jeff Driscoll? What I'm saying is if you start Jeff Driscoll in that game, you have a very good – you are exposing yourself Mm -hmm. to losing to the Jets. I mean, they – that offense – Preparing for Jeff Driscoll is like the, the easiest thing. I think any defensive coordinator in the NFL right now would say, okay, we pack the box, we send blitzes, we win the game. You have to throw something else. You have to throw something else at the Jets if you are trying to win. Hey, if you're, if you're ready to pack it in, then go ahead and you know keep rolling out Driscoll. But you're going to make it, you, you're going to make it easy on any team that you put that offense out there against. What does this say about the New York Jets that the Broncos yeah. open up as a two-point favorite going on the road on a short week, and you don't know who your starting quarterback is. Oh, and you're an 0-3 team, too. I mean, yikes, it's bad out there in New York. Now, when I say that, man, lot rides on this game on Thursday night just to show exactly where the Denver Broncos <laughs> are. If it, It's pretty clear that the Jets are the laughing stock of the NFL right now, like you mentioned earlier, Ryan. If you lose to them, what does that make you? You're the 0 and 4 laughing That's yeah, why you and, do have right to put now, the quarterback I mean, the out to give yeah. you the best shot. Well, the, the the big difference between the two teams is even though it was a, a bad game for the Broncos, I don't think the Broncos have quit on Vic Fangio. 
it looks like the Jets have quit on Adam Gase. And, oh, by the way, they're one of the few teams that is averaging fewer points per game than the Broncos right now who are languishing at 15 points per game for through three weeks. Which, by the way, even worse than their pace was last year. So, Mesa, I have a quick question for Goggles you surrounding around. that. You, you said the Broncos haven't quit on Vic, and Ryan and I haven't made the argument that they have. But Jared Miller says, honestly, coming out flat means the players have no respect for the coaching staff, which means it's time for new coaches. So Mace, Ryan and I already talked about how the Broncos uh, didn't have energy in, in this game, really on in any phase of the game. So why do you say that the Broncos haven't quit uh, on Vic and the coaching staff? Well, end of the end of the first half, coming even though they were down by three scores, coming out fighting, uh, getting getting that getting that drive, and also you look at a lot of what a lot of what went wrong, and yeah, the energy could have been higher, but at the same time, you you have somebody at quarterback who uh, couldn't necessarily bring that energy that you were expecting. I mean, certainly your your plan was to have Drew Locke out there bringing a little energy, a little verb, a little fire. You don't have you don't have that right now. Um, I, I, I again, I'd be more concerned if it was looking as bad as it did as it did with the Jets. Now that being said, Shelby Harris talked last week and he talked about needing to change the culture. Something has set in that is bigger than Vic Fangio because it goes back to before he was on the job uh, about the Broncos either losing close games or just having games where they're where they're just where they're just bombed from this from the start like like this. It's you know unfortunately as frustrating as these as these losses are, I feel like we've seen every time they happen, we've seen the script in some way, shape, or form from at some from some point in the previous three seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Mace, I want to uh, clear the floor for you here uh, because apparently you're now uh, beefing on Twitter with Nick Wright. What's up with this? I'm I'm not. I mean, I'm not beefing. I think maybe he maybe he uh, called my comment about uh, how a walrus with dysentery could crap a better prediction than. <laughs> picking the Broncos to go three and 13. And I think that's why he's coming after me a little bit. And all I said, I mean, I don't know what he said because I muted him, but uh, my next res my response was, Hey, last I checked the season still 16 games. Yeah. It's funny. I anyone who's trying to like flex on their argument that the Broncos are going to be bad right now is clearly not paying attention, mm -hmm. but we've always known uh, that Nick Wright is not paying attention to anything that's going on really anywhere. Um, but so, mm -hmm. you know, if, yeah. if you're, you know, jumping around doing jumping jacks right now saying, I told you the Broncos weren't very good. What? Yeah. Okay. The Broncos without Von Miller, AJ Boye, Philip Lindsay, Drew Locke, Cortland Sutton. Yes. Everyone in the world would have said that that team is not very good. And to be honest with you, I don't, with all respect to Shannon Sharp, who works over there, I don't want to give FS1 any oxygen. I mean, this is the network of skip. Bayless and Colin Cowherd. I mean, I feel like all I feel like their existence is only centered around trying to rile people up, trying to say the most absurd things. I mean, uh, if it weren't for social media, I would not be aware of anything being said on FS1 because I never watch. I'm not going to waste my time with that crap. Yeah.
no, you're you're completely right. I just I found it hilarious that of all people he picked you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Every every single person in Broncos well, country. Well, the most creative. I think I had the most creative insult. That's the only reason why. <laughs> so so guys, since we're talking three and thirteen, like Nick Wright, uh, the the genius Nick Wright, who could predict injuries like no one else could. Uh, since since you mentioned three and thirteen, if the Broncos lose on Thursday night, then is three and thirteen like not just realistic, but is that kind of where the Broncos are heading? Yes, uh, I'm laughing at the commenter mm. there, but um, yeah, no, to me, you know, we said we did our roundtable and we repredicted. To me, it all comes down to Drew. Uh, however many games Drew Lock starts, I'm going to say the Broncos win around half of those games. Um, and so maybe they're one over 500 in those games. Maybe they're one under 500. Maybe they are 500 in those games. Um, so it just depends on that to me. And even if Drew Locke is out the entirety of the six-week timetable, which would get us to the bye week, which would give him eight starts on the other side, I still think the Broncos are probably going to win four of those games uh, in the last eight with Drew Locke. So – Mm-hmm. No, I don't think three and thirteen is is that close to a reality. But it all just depends on Drew. And honestly, you you know, you go zero and four with a loss against the Jets, it might change the way the Broncos handle Drew. Um, and so, is three and thirteen a possibility when you start zero and four? Absolutely. But I just don't think the Broncos are going to lose that many games with Drew Locke as their quarterback. And 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 Philip Lindsay's coming back too. AJ Boye will be back. You know, right now in in the world of suck it sure seems like nothing is ever getting better, but these guys, there are guys coming back from injuries. The roster should continue to get better from here. So it does seem real, real dark right now, but you get Drew Locke back, you get AJ Boyle back, you get Philip Lindsay back. Things start to feel a little bit better. And I do think the Broncos will win around half of their games with Drew Locke starting at quarterback. I'm glad you mentioned AJ Boye because they have missed him badly the last two weeks. And I I would even argue that the outcome of the Steelers game is flipped and the Broncos win, even with Drew Locke being hurt, if A.J. Boye is out there for that game. Getting him back is is really going to help this team out. And, I mean, obviously, if you lose to the Jets, that's that's a loss against a team that uh, is one of of the slow pokes in the NFL race right now. But you look at the schedule, you have the Jets – you have the Dolphins. The Falcons can't seem to hold on to a lead with super glue right now. You play the Chargers twice, and the Chargers just lost the Panthers and barely beat the, the Bengals in week one and uh, stayed with the Chiefs, I think, primarily because uh, ju- the Chiefs didn't have any film on, on Justin Herbert. So you, you, have the, and you have the Panthers. And so what I'm saying is that you look at the schedule, and there are basically six games on it where the Broncos – have a decent shot of winning. I find it hard to believe that the Broncos wouldn't win at least at least four of those in all likelihood. And this is like a worst case scenario with the guys that they have coming back. So I mean, could they have a bad season? Yeah, but I think that bad season is is like the four and twelve, five and eleven type of year. And that's yeah. a bad that's a bad season, as as we all certainly know uh, a little too well here in Broncos but country with that five and the number, eleven. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to get you the number one pick, though. That's that's the thing, and it probably well, doesn't even uh, leave you in the Justin Fields conversation either. 
I think, uh, you know, I this, this gave us a little idea of where the Broncos were at. Not really, though, just because of, uh, of how bad everyone played. Uh, Thursday night, if you lose to the Jets, like we said, the laughing stock of the NFL, that's rough. Then you will get Drew Locke back. But, Brian, I do think if you lose Friday, kind of like or on Thursday, let, like you said, that may delay Drew Locke's return. Starting 0-4, the Broncos know even a hot start pretty much impossible to come back from all in four. So we'll see. And we'll see who the Broncos starting quarterback is. One of the things that I got from the Vic Fangio press conference that everyone saw today was just everywhere on this football team needs to improve. You don't know who the starting quarterback is. He said the offensive line has to get a lot better, which we knew. He said the pass rush has to get a lot better, which we knew. He says he pretty much said the awareness on defense has to get better. He said the defense should have known that that quick that quick touchdown pass uh, to Mike Evans was coming and they just, they didn't act, react toward it at all. So really everything went wrong today outside of Shelby Harris. Mace, uh, what else did we learn from the press conferences? Anything that uh, we need to know from any of the players speaking? Uh, I mean, you, you had uh, Brett Rippon talking about how uh, there was a little bit of a difference in the speed of this compared to uh, what he what he dealt with in the preseason last year. But Rippon kind of kind of he kind of gave the answers you expected. And uh, one thing I'll say for Rippon in his in his defense here is that this is somebody who clearly looked prepared to go out there and run the offense and uh, uh, being able to have that level of preparation when you're not getting any any looks and uh, you were on that practice squad earlier this season. It says a lot for him as, as a professional. And I think uh, that's positive. But the thing is guys, I mean, you have, you know, players talking about, you know, you know, more effort. They got to, you know, got to tighten things up, this and that. They don't seem, but nobody seems to have any clear answers right now. And, uh, and that's the thing that that's, that's sort of alarming here. I mean, I guys are definitely upset, but uh, uh, the, the answers are a little bit vague. And I think part of the reason is that there's just so much, that is askew right now. You can't point to any one thing. I mean, you guys mentioned no offense drops earlier. I mean, no offense, somebody that uh, is one of the more reliable aspects of your offense. One of the guys who's helping you move the ball when you are to move the ball. And yet clearly he had a bad day. So when you have things that you expect to work that aren't working, uh, what can you lean on? I mean, what's the bread and butter of the Broncos right now? They don't have anything. That's bread and butter. That when everything else is failing, they can rely on that. There's nothing the Broncos can completely rely on right now when everything else is going askew. One of those things that that the Broncos typically could say they could rely on is their safeties. And we've seen very inconsistent play uh, from their safeties as a collective group, including today. Not a very good performance from those guys today. Uh, and so that just points to your point, Mace. You know, the one thing you thought you could rely on, that, that good safety group, the safeties that you're paying the most money in the NFL for don't come through. But, Mace, you said one thing that the players said today that just infuriates me and, and should infuriate everyone. You said the players mentioned that they could up their effort level. You get to choose that. That's not, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. It doesn't matter uh, who's at quarterback for you. You get to choose that. And Mace, that's something that Ryan and, I, Ryan and I opened the show with, was talking about that. That is the one thing you control. And to me, I can give credit to one person for really coming out flying with energy. And like we've talked about, that was our DraftKings Sportsbook King of the Game, Shelby Harris. 
No one else can I point to and say that guy was flying around all game. Yeah, that's a real good point. But sometimes the the reason you say things like that is if you don't have any other answers, you focus on that and say, okay, well, maybe we could maybe we could give a little more, but other other things or other things are going wrong. I mean, they can't, that's why you point to something that's kind of vague, like effort, rather than something specific, like you know, cleaning up this protection, cleaning up this, that, or the other. Uh, no, no, doesn't cut it for me. Um, <laughs> if you look like you didn't Same. give enough energy, and then after the game you say you didn't give enough energy, you know they know that they didn't give enough energy, and that is just unbelievable to me. You're you're not. A, a team that's you know two and zero, oh, and you just beat the crap out of your first two opponents, and you said, "Oh, we just got a little comfortable out there." Like you're zero and freaking two, and you come out flat. You got to be kidding me, man. That is, it's unbelievable, and honestly, should be something that should never happen unequivocally at the professional level. I just, uh, it blows my mind, and almost every single player on the team is guilty of it today, uh, and it's just, you know, all. All 5,700 fans who went there today should get their money back because that's garbage. Yep. I, 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 well, I think the, agree. I think part of coming out flat, uh, yeah, I think part of coming out flat though is maybe not coming out of the, of the locker room flat, but not having a response when something goes wrong. I mean, I think it's sort of felt like the last Tom Brady game here before today. You remember that against the Patriots in 17 and early on you had a special teams miscue that just took the air out of everything. It was Isaiah McKenzie muffed punt that led to a Patriots touchdown. And then you had the, you had the block punt to today. And it just, it seemed like that took the air out of the Broncos. So you know what you can talk about the effort, but you've got, you got to be more resilient than that. You can't, you can't let that get you knocked off kilter the way it seemed to do for the Broncos. But that's also, that's also part and parcel of what a lot of losing teams have in their DNA is the fact that something goes wrong and they can't get back up. That sort of kind of alludes to Shelby Harris as we talking about the culture thing bad bad things happen. And this team is not as resilient as they should be. Man, maybe should have paid a little more money to keep Casey Kreider around, too. <laughs> yeah, he almost got beat again later in the game. Same exact matchup. Oh. Almost let, let another one out there. Um, just a, an all-around frustrating performance from the Broncos today, and, and I think that they know deep down that, that, that they need to do better than that. Uh, and, and never, ever should a team that is less talented get out-efforted in a game. Uh, and that's what happened today, and that's why the Broncos got their asses kicked. So, uh, for me, that's about all I got. This is presented by Breckenridge Brew. I need a Breck beer after all that effort talk. Uh, I'm going to give my best effort to finish a member beer over here <laughs> at the DNVR bar, and I think uh, no one will have to worry about me not uh, not following through on that. But uh, unless you guys have any closing thought, closing thoughts, I think that's gonna uh, gonna wrap it up for this edition of DNVR Broncos Live. See you guys.